Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. You are listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction Blog Talk Radio Show, founded to increase the national awareness of black women in the construction industry. NABWIC is the charge and takes the charge for black women to advocate for further opportunities to its members. Our mission as a core foundation is to strengthen the building blocks of new educational, entrepreneurial, professional, and social network connections. The vision of NABWIC is to build long-lasting strategic partnerships with first-rate organizations and individuals that will provide groundbreaking and innovative solutions for black women in construction and their respective communities. We invite you to call or text or email family, business associates, or friends and tell them that we are on the air right now. Or they can join us on the Internet by logging in to www.blogtalkradio.com slash N-A-B-W-I-C or by phone at 714-459-3918 and press 1 to join our conversation with questions or comments. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to another wonderful Wednesday. This is Jackie Perry, your host for today's show, filling in for our premier host, Ms. Jada Williams, who's off doing some better and different things this morning. But we do have in the studio with us this morning uh, Ms. Ursula Odom and the master builder herself, Miss Ann McNeil, bringing you another wonderful NABWIC Talks. Now, before we get started, we've got an exciting show for you on today. We're going to be uh, repeating some things, but some things are just worth repeating. But before we get into all of that, uh, we're just going to turn aside and just listen to a few uh, comments from uh, our master builder. But first, let me just greet everybody. Good morning, Miss Ursula. Good morning, Jackie. It is a wonderful day indeed. I'm looking forward to all of today for a lot of reasons. Oh, yeah. All of today. (laughs) Well, great. Thank you so much. And, of course, we want to greet our master builder, CEO, and founder herself, Ms. Ann McNeil. Good morning, Ann. Good morning, good morning, good morning, Jackie. And I have to tell you, like I tell Jada, every single week. If I were any better, I would be you. And I am so excited about this podcast today and the unveiling of some special information from a very special person or two. Let's get this party started. Well, indeed, let's get this party started. So today, you know, everyone's really, I'm sure, excited and hyped maybe some a little disappointed about some of the results that are coming in across our our nation um, regarding our uh, legislative and political uh, platforms. Um, So it means good news for some, maybe not so good news for others, but we always say in NAVIC, if you're not in politics, you're not in business. But one of the things that has concerned a lot of the American people, and especially our small businesses, is the bipartisan infrastructure bill. So uh, that is a bill that could benefit the job market for small businesses, uh, ranging from 
construction firms to energy, telecommunications, et cetera, and it's been the talk of the nation. And so NAVWIC has been right in the middle of that, uh, as uh, some of us well know. And um, the first thing we're going to do uh, before we go into our uh, commercial is really just um, hear a little small clip from the U.S., um, I'm sorry, from our Secretary of State, Pete Buttigieg. And he's been a friend and partner uh, with NAMWIC for quite some time and uh, was featured on The Breakfast Club uh, just a week or so ago and mentioned NAVWIC as an organization, which, again, just shows the key influence that NAVWIC has uh, brought to bear uh, in our legislative community and in um, the transportation industry itself. So let's hear a little bit from um, our U.S. Secretary of State, and um, also after that we're going to listen a little bit to uh, one of the women who we spotlighted during our Billion Dollar Luncheon. And I don't know if um, Ann wants to say anything about that, but when we talk about uh, infrastructure bill and getting involved and having a seat at the table, uh, million dollar, Billion Dollar Luncheon, NAVWIC's Billion Dollar Luncheon, is one of the ways that we accomplish that. And uh, so we do that every quarter, and every quarter we actually identify a woman in that industry who we spotlight for their efforts and their success and contributions in the industry. And so uh, this morning we'll uh, take and look at Ms. Adelie Legrand, who is the CEO of um, the uh, Hart Hillsborough Aviation um, Industry. So um, before we go to hear the clip from Pete, uh, Anne, is there anything else you want to say? Yes, absolutely. Yes, 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 Jackie. I know you are so excited. As a matter of fact, you're so very excited. You have given the Secretary of the United States Department of Transportation a new title. Oh, I have. And, and so thank you so much, Ann. I was hoping you would come in and correct me because, listen, I am so excited this morning uh, filling in for Gina, and I haven't I quite had my coffee yet. So <laughs> I know you are. So let me just share with everybody just for a moment, in case you don't already know, we are not just a voice of black women in construction. But because we have said that so very long and we believe that with everything that's in us, that now everybody else is saying it and believing it. And as a result of that, like Jackie has said, we have had a number of meetings with the U.S. Department of Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg, talking about not just million dollars, not just billion-dollar luncheons, but now trillion-dollar opportunities for everyone. But as the voice of not just black women in construction, but as the voice of this industry of construction, we are now a voice at the table. 
And being a voice at the table, the secretary from his meetings with us is now connecting us with the powers to be that control this industry to help us no longer run after the money, but to now get in front of the money. No longer do we have to wait to be invited to the table. We're now in a position to invite, to invite those who do business with us to the table. No longer are we just black women in construction. We are now the voice of the construction industry and transportation. So I just want to share those words of encouragement for all those who are listening because every single day in every single way we are continuing to get better and better and better, not just in construction, but in every area of our lives. And so, Jackie, I am just always honored and it's a pleasure to continue to lead this organization as I continue to grow personally and professionally to serve each and every one of our members, going that extra mile, always in the spirit of God through service. So, as always, let's get this party started as we talk about his comments, but also connecting his comments to our woman in spotlight in transportation from the state of Florida transit. So let's get this party started. Thank you, Ann, for that clarity. And we'll listen to that clip. Wake up early in the morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. Yes, indeed. He's a friend to the room. He's been up here several times. Listen, I say it all the time. He's the only person from the Democratic Party who comes during the off season. When, when, <laughs> when it's not an election year, even though it is an election year, but yeah, when it's not an election year, Secretary Pete comes. That's right. Well, Secretary Pete, thank you for joining us this morning. Thanks for having me on. How are you, man? Pretty good. Right, good to well, be in New York. Absolutely. To, I mean, this is a really exciting time for the work we're doing. So. Well, how do you like Happy your position, you know, since you started? How has it been for you? Stressful, <clears throat> non-stressful? Have you yeah. grown more gray hair? Tell, tell us about it. Definitely more gray. I mean, what, what I say is it's, it's the best time, but also one of the toughest times for transportation. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the best time because we're making investments that we haven't been able to do in my lifetime, the funding that's in the infrastructure package. So th- there's... In my view, there's never been a better time to be in charge of transportation policy, and there's not a better job to have in the federal government. Black-owned businesses have enormous potential right now to do all kinds of work, not just uh, if they're directly involved in construction and engineering, but if you're involved in, let's say, accounting, Mm -hmm. serving one of the companies that is doing the construction, right? There's opportunity there, too. So we're actually in the middle right now of a process of redoing the policy for DBE, Disadvantaged Business Enterprises, where there's a history of discrimination and we have legal authority to pay particular attention to creating opportunity there. And I think we're going to have a lot of results. I just sat down with the um, National Association of Black Women in Construction. Mm -hmm. They have incredible success stories about how they've created opportunity, but also about what it's like trying to get a seat at the table. Uh, Last week I was in Philadelphia. We had a convening. uh, We we have a whole uh, uh, set of regional uh, meetings that we're doing around the country, basically to make make clear, make transparent what the opportunities are actually going to look like. Because mm-hmm. there's been a pattern in the past where you kind of had to already be in the business, already be connected, already be doing business with uh, units of government to feel like you were in the know about what the next opportunity was going to be. So we're trying to make that more transparent. So um, I don't have any illusions about the, the work ahead, but I think we're going to be really proud of, of the opportunities we create if we stay very focused on it. Breakfast Club, good morning. 
Well, there you have it. We just wanted you to listen to a little bit of that clip from uh, the Baptist Club, and it's also featured on our social media, so you can go and take a listen to the entire uh, session if you'd like to. But once again, um, a shout-out for the National Association of Black Women in Construction. Now, before we go to our woman in the spotlight, I just want to let you know that NAVWIC is – certainly uh, doing a number of things, and uh, we've just got some activities that are coming up, so we would like for you to go to our Eventbrite. All you have to do is type in NAVWIC, or National Association of Black Women in Construction, and all of the events that are coming up over the next uh, few days, uh, months, will be shown there, but one in particular we want you to know and jot down is our NAVWIC 2023 annual meeting, and billion-dollar transportation luncheons. Now, that's taking place uh, starting January 18th, and it's going to be in Orlando, Florida this year. So we're going to be at the Embassy Suites by Hilton in Orlando. So just go to Eventbrite and go ahead and register and get your tickets. Uh, Hotel information is there as well if you need a place to stay. So we're looking forward to seeing you. And as you heard, it's not only our annual meeting, but it is our billion-dollar luncheon and transportation uh, as well. And so that leads us to our next segment. We're going to just bring you in and let you listen to one of our formal, uh, former rather uh, billion-dollar luncheons where we recognize uh, one of our women in spotlight, Ms. Adelie Legrand, who's the CEO for the Hillsborough Transit Authority, uh, known as HART. Uh, Ms. Legrand is a leader with over two decades of experience who's passionate about utilizing mobility as a tool to create and sustain vibrant, equitable communities. And so we're going to listen to this clip, which is worth hearing again, and you'll hear a little bit more about Ms. Legrand and what she does and just kind of get a little up close and personal uh, behind the woman who has made such a mark uh, in the transportation industry. So uh, let's take a listen, and we'll be right back. I know we have such a powerful lady in the studio with us today as we are coming up on our national NABWIC Billion Dollar Luncheon and Transit Opportunities. We have Ms. Adelie Legrand, who is the Chief Executive Officer for the Hillsborough Transit Authority, also known as HART, in the studio this morning with us. Our woman in spotlight is a leader with over two decades of experience who is passionate about utilizing mobility as a tool to create and sustain vibrant, equitable communities. Ms. Adelie has served as a member on the executive team for two transit 
agencies. Um, she has served as the Chief Mobility Officer for the Atlanta Region Transit Link Authority, as well as the Chief Strategy Officer in service to the New Orleans Regional Transit Authority, where her responsibilities included developing the first strategic mobility plan for the New Orleans region and rebuilding the planning department. She empowers her team to view their portfolio of projects as opportunities to improve the lives of the community they serve. Ms. Adelie's motto is, it is not about the project, it is about how the project improves the community. Good morning, good morning, Ms. Adelie Legrand, our woman in spotlight. Welcome to NAPWIC Talks. How are you? I'm doing great this morning. It is my pleasure to be here with you today, and I'm so appreciative of the opportunity. Of course, of course. Well, you know, we have to we laugh about it in, in uh, NABWIC world. We have to be a little bit of a stalker as we want to give our women their roses well enough in the daylight, and you are our woman in spotlight. And I just told a little bit about you and what I could find out and why we feel like you are a great, great candidate that was nominated to be our woman in spotlight for this transit luncheon. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself in your own words? Sure, and I appreciate this opportunity to do so. Um, you know, like many people, I come from humble beginnings. I grew up in New York City. Both of my parents are immigrants and from Latin America and um, Caribbean. And, you know, really grew up in a close-knit environment and spent a lot of my time with family, which became also my friends. And um, just as a young person, I really enjoyed puzzles and working on puzzles, if it was a physical puzzle, like a jigsaw puzzle or, you know, those different puzzle type games where you have to figure out the clues. And I think it, that's what really helped me or led me into a space of wanting to, you know, uncover things, figure things out. And it led me into a career in engineering. I studied industrial engineering in college. I went to Morgan State University. For, so for those of you listening, go Golden Bears. Um, and, you know, I got my engineering degree there and, you know, just really loved what I was doing. And, you know, when I think about it, of course, when you go through the process, you don't think about how everything is connected. But when I think about it and I look back at my upbringing, I see that, you know, it was really, I grew up in a space where, you know, every day, you know, there may be, may have been challenges, but my family always focused on you know, not the challenge, but the solution, right? So if you're having a tough time, how are we gonna make this work? You know, what are we gonna do? If we have to cut back on something, okay, we're gonna cut back on it, but how are we gonna make this experience great? And, you know, I'm fortunate that that's the way my parents handled, you know, any setback. You know, how are we gonna do something new, different? It's gonna be great, it's a new experience, but we're gonna focus on, you know, being successful. And now that I can reflect back, I see that that's really helped me as I matriculated through my career, you know, I, I am one of those weird people who actually wanted to study transportation. I have a degree in industrial engineering and a master's in transportation. So as soon as I got out of school, I started in this space. And um, it's always been about how do you solve the problem? 
and, you know, finding success in helping people to help you find the solution. So um, that's a little bit about my background and how I came to do what I'm doing now um, as far as being in transportation. And I would say as far as, you know, being the CEO of a transit agency definitely was not on my list of things that I wanted to accomplish. Um, just one of those situations where I was doing the job and um, got a phone call and someone was like, you know, you should throw your name in, you know, in the competition to be considered for this role. And sometimes I would say that, you know, doing a really good job and having a reputation of success and transparency and, you know, acumen, you don't necessarily have to always have like the next thing on the list that you need to accomplish. People who want to have someone with your skill sets in their space will reach out and let you know, hey, this is an opportunity that I think would be really great for you. And that's what happened to me. You know, I got a phone call and I was asked to throw my name in for consideration. I went through the process and, you know, here I am. So it's been a lot of fun. Um, I would say in some ways it is a puzzle, but every day I get to find a way to solve different challenges. So it's definitely my sweet spot. Man, and you can hear the passion um, that you have for transportation. And it's so amazing. And then I can feel your smile just coming across um, the air in the studio when you're talking about your family. So I know that Morgan State alum have to be super proud to have you um, representing their school as well. But and being that you are from New York, now you are serving in Tampa. So I know that is another absolutely amazing um, accomplishment there with your community and, and your followers there because it sounds like um, you have a team that believes in you. And it always makes you feel even better when someone else was like, hey, go ahead and put your name in the hat. You know, like you said, people like to do business with whom they like, know, and trust. So our leader loves to say. So, Ms. Legrand, with you being the CEO of our whole transportation system and, and working with many different types of people, what areas are your key focuses? So that is a great question. And what I'd say is, especially for me, coming from a different environment, a different state, um, I'm the odd man out, right? So I tell people it's like getting adopted into a new family. Everybody else knows each other, and they're all trying to figure you out while you're just trying to remember people's names. And because of that, you know, for me, you have to take the time to get to know people, understand what their strengths are, and help to elevate where they're strong and really put people in the right role so that they can be successful. For the most part, you know, when you get these jobs as a CEO of a transit agency or any public sector organization, you have a contractor's, you know, a sunset to your contract. So you're trying to get things accomplished within a specific defined window of time. And really, for me, the best way to be successful is to focus on strength. So that's really what I've been doing here. I started here in January and have gone through you know, different assessments using industry partners to help for us, um, help us to understand, you know, what's going on at other agencies, conducting peer reviews, just to help us to understand, you know, the strengths that we have in the organization, where they should be applied, 
and really focused on building a strong team based on the skill sets that we currently have. And then also recognizing where we need to supplement and bringing in additional resources, but it's because we're clear as a team where we're weak and why we need to bring these resources in. And you know, lastly related to you know what I'm focused on, you know, people come to work, but they bring their, their lives with them, right? And most people, you don't know what they're dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis. I kind of alluded to, you know, growing up some days we had, sometimes I would say we had challenges and we had to work through it. But, you know, my mom and my dad, they had to get up, put their clothes on and go to work and put on their work face. And that's what people are doing every day. So it's important to me to be empathetic and understand that people are carrying a lot, regardless of what it is. Um, and you have to treat people with the kindness and dignity they deserve. Regardless of whatever happens, people still need to be treated that way. So I try to really be deliberate, um, use data and analytics to help me to understand where we are, but then allow everyone to be a part of the conversation and the decision-making so no one is surprised when they wake up and there's a new person on the team. We all agree that that's the direction that we needed to go in. Yes, and um, it sounds like being very positive and looking at the glass halfway full and coming up with those positive solutions, being focused on the solutions and the strategy has been a main point um, of everything that you've said. What would you say is your specific leadership style if you would, if you have one? Because it sounds like you're hands-on, you communicate with your your people, you know, you are very um, empathetic, as you said, with being um, that there is a work-life balance and you have to uh, be understanding, but also, more importantly, you focus on getting people in the positions of their strengths. I thought that was an amazing statement that you said. Well, thank you. And I would say my leadership style, um, you know, there are all these different types of leadership styles, communicator, so and so. So what I'm going to do is just kind of more define or paint a picture for you of what the style is instead of just using, you know, a terminology. And for me, it's, you know, one, my style is being me, right? So like I said, I'm from New York, so I'm pretty direct, but I let people know, you know, I introduce myself and who I am and what my, you know, um, approach is to the team. I'm very direct. Um, it's not because I'm, I'm not abrasive, but I don't really feel like there's any value and not being clear on what the expectations are and not being clear on, you know, why we need to make certain decisions. So my style is letting people know who I am, um, being extremely transparent, and then giving people the opportunity to engage. I do believe in discourse. I think it's healthy for an organization. But, you know, at the end of the conversation, I'm the person who's making the final decision and we have to all agree that we're gonna move in that direction. Doesn't mean that we all agree that this necessarily is what your first choice was, but we'll listen to all of the dialogue and then we'll land on a decision and then we all have to agree to move in that direction. And um, I lead by example. You know, I also believe that knowledge is, is free, right? So you can go out there, especially today, you know, you don't have to go to the library, you don't have to go to the microfiche room in the basement and, um, you know, try to figure out what's going on. In a couple of seconds, you can, as my son would say, search it up and figure out what's going on or pick up a phone and call a colleague in another agency and get some answers. 
You know, I do believe that people, when they show up, they need to know their business. They need to be extremely, extremely knowledgeable. Um, I work really hard, and my expectation is that my team works very hard. So, you know, my leadership style is that, you know, I expect people to put in the level of effort that is required for the jobs that they are sitting in. And in addition, I expect them to be extremely knowledgeable in their space. And I'm leading by example, which is I'm doing the same thing and I'm going to be extremely direct, but we'll have a good time. So, you know, I know that doesn't all fit into one one word or a series of words. Um, I've tried that before. And then afterwards, I'm like, oh, that's not really what I meant. So um, I'm hopeful that this explanation or description is appropriate for you. Yes, it is. It is totally perfect. I am. You have painted a beautiful picture. Actually, you are making me want to come up out of South Florida down here from Miami, and I might have to look at Tampa again. You make me want to just jump on your on your transportation train. <laughs> well, please, we have we have job postings for those listening. So, um, love to have folks come up to Tampa. But no, seriously, it's about you know what. This is what I say. You know, I'm not here for as long as most people who are working here, because that's just not the way the contracts are structured. And when I say that to my team, they're always like, so are you trying to leave? I'm not trying to leave, right? So, but the reality is if you have a three-year or a five-year contract, you have to get your job done within that sunset, right? So what that means is my job is to get the team as strong as possible so that when the next CEO comes, this machine is running so smoothly that they can focus on some bigger, brighter projects that they want to move forward, but not really focusing or having to focus on making sure that the team knows what they're doing or people are the right people in the right position. You know, it needs to be where the organization is running smoothly regardless of who the leader is, and then the leader can come in and really talk about the vision or, you know, special projects or whatever's going on in, you know, in the world at that time. Hopefully it's no longer a pandemic and they can focus on, you know, brighter days. But really it's about making the team as strong as possible. Everybody wants to be on a winning team, so that's what we're trying to create here. Yes, indeed, and it sounds like you are doing an absolutely amazing job with that. Hey, let's take a quick commercial break and then come back and get into some NAB Week news you can absolutely use. We are so excited to have you listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction blog talk radio show. Please call, text, or email family, business associates, or friends and tell them that we are on the air right now. Or they can join us on the Internet by logging in to www.blogtalkradio.com slash NABWIC or by phone at 714-459-3918 and press 1 to join our conversation with questions or comments. Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Don't forget to follow us by liking our page and post your questions or comments. NABWIC's intent is to always go into the high schools and colleges to encourage our young black girls and women to enter into the construction industry and to take interest into the STEM programs that are offered. We encourage you to listen to this show or past shows on the Internet by logging in at www.blogtalkradio.com slash N-A-B-W-I-C. Thank you, and we're back. Okay, we are back. 
So in NAVWIC world, listen, here's some news that you can absolutely use. You know we love to say go grab your pens and notepads if you haven't already. Oh, my gosh, I don't know why because Ms. Adelie Legrand is giving out some golden nuggets in the studio this morning. So in NAVWIC, we are having our NAVWIC National Billion Dollar Luncheon and Transit Opportunities coming up on September the 8th. If you can't remember September the 8th, you know in NAVWIC we love our Wednesdays. The second Wednesday of the month is when we host our National Billion Dollar Luncheons. You can please, please, please head over to Eventbrite and register and get your virtual tickets for our National NABWIC Billion Dollar Luncheon and Transit Opportunities. We also have on our calendar for the month of September, September 15th through September 17th, the National Association of Black Women in Construction. Yes, we are heading to Washington, D.C. for our mid-year meetings slash CDC reception. Yes, you can meet us in Washington, D.C. on September 16th at 6 p.m. for our reception that we will be hosting. So please, again, you can head over to Eventbrite and register for that event or go over to our website at www.nabwick.org and engage and register and find out more details of all of the national Association of Black Women in Construction events that we have going on for the rest of the year. Miss Legrand, Miss Adelaide Legrand, this has been an absolutely amazing conversation with you this morning in the studio. I just have to dig a little bit deeper and ask you a couple of more questions. So our audience, please remember you can press one on your phone to join in the conversation or hit us up on all our different social media platforms with your comments and questions for Ms. Legrand. Ms. Legrand, one of our um, commenters has posted saying that they did not know that you could major in transportation. Okay, yeah, so um, Morgan State University, I don't know about other schools, but they do have a transportation studies program, so that's what I received my master's in. And since then, they also have an undergraduate an undergraduate program in transportation. And in the transportation uh, program, you know, you study both transit as well as logistics. So I actually spent several years of my career starting out in logistics and then made the transition um, back to public transit, I guess to public transit. So um, I've actually worked in the um, on the public sector side at the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey. Then I worked on on the logistics side for a company, a manufacturing company called Sweetheart Cup Company, as well as Penske Logistics and um, Ford Motor Company. And then I moved over to the DOT space and then transit. So from my degree in transportation, I was able to touch, you know, several modes. Um, and it's it's really opens up the door, you know, especially. For women, and if you want to be in a construction space, a lot of these modes, there are a lot of construction jobs associated with those um, within those organizations. So, yes, that is definitely I would suggest or recommend uh, a great degree or program to consider or to share with young people who may just be starting out, or even people who want to do something different and transition into a different space. That um, that's definitely a good field. 
in my opinion. But I'm biased, yes, <laughs> well, I think I might be a little biased, too. I started off in logistics myself and enjoyed my, my early career in international logistics. But it is great advice for our um, college and young professionals chapter that NAVWIC we do have. So our young adults, our young co- our college prof- students, I hope they are listening in this morning and picked up on that tip that you just gave. So I'm so thankful for that. Miss um, Legrand, what are, because I know that you, you're, you've mentioned that you want to build the strongest team um, with the most positive outlook um, there so this well-oiled machine can keep moving. Um, I imagine that there are some goals and objectives that the department hopes to achieve outside of that. Are you at liberty to be able to share a couple of those? Yes. So um, right now we just kicked off a process, a strategic planning process. So we are in the visioning phase. So we're developing the vision for the organization. So on a macro level, you know, we're just in the beginning steps of creating or at least revisiting the vision of the organization. But on a macro level, you know, what what we're trying to do or what our objectives are right now is really to deal with the pandemic and gain a better understanding of the travel or mobility needs of our community to ensure that we are providing, you know, the best service that we can afford to provide to help the community meet those needs. So that's really what we're focused on right now. Um, I would say balancing our resources with the community demand, and then really focusing on on on-time performance and reliability so that, you know, if someone is waiting for a bus and they get to the bus stop, the bus actually shows up on time. So I would say those are the items that we are really focused on on a a day-to-day basis. Um, And then on the higher level, we're really working on developing a strategic plan to help us understand where mobility is going in our community, what the outlook is, you know, over the next three to five years, you know, what are the needs going to be, and, you know, really balancing our mobility options with what's going on in the larger community with affordable housing, workforce development, economic growth, just really understanding how all of those elements connect. And I would have to say, you know, Tampa, again, I'm new to this region, Hillsborough County um, is also a huge county in the state of Florida, and we have a very diverse community. In this county, we have, you know, plantations where people are growing and picking produce like strawberries, Um, and then we have Tampa, where it's an urban area where they're building, you know, tall buildings every day. You can see the cranes out there. So, you know, you have this very diverse county, and we service the entire county. Um, And we need to make sure that we understand the various, and I would say diverse needs of our community, so that we're not looking at the approach as a one-size-fits-all, but really an approach of, you know, what is the best solution for these various various communities, and then how do we knit these solutions together to create a network, if you will, or a system that better addresses the mobility needs and then the travel patterns of folks. And I would say that there's a lot of collaboration in this county. 
I've only been here for um, eight months, and I've met so many great people throughout the county, those who work for the county um, in leadership roles, as well as those who are working at the city or community development um, organizations. And everybody's really focused on what can we do collectively so we can better utilize our resources, which are scarce, so that we can make the biggest and the greatest impact. And all of that is wrapped in a bow with sustainability and resiliency. So um, if we're not developing or considering a resiliency and sustainability, and sustainability in our projects, then, you know, again, that's wasted money. It's not going to last long and we need to build things that will last. So I would say those are the initiatives that we're currently focused on, and that's our vision for moving forward on a high level as we go through our visioning um, process. I would hate for anybody to listen to this and say, she already came up with the vision, vision and they're going through a visioning process. <laughs> I have not come up with the vision. Um, we are going through the process, but these are some of the elements that we must address. Yes, it is a team effort. Miss Legrand is just sharing. Oh, gosh, so funny. It sounds like you guys are doing an absolutely amazing job coming together as a community and your team with keeping um, transit moving in his, Hillsborough. And, yes, it is an absolutely amazing area. Like you said, one side you get farmers, and the next side it's urban, and you can't leave out the boat life there, too. So I know you have a lot on your plate when it comes to being um, uniting the community and, and meeting the needs of everyone to improve the community um, on the things that you guys are already doing. With that being said, what has been some of your biggest accomplishments in your career thus far? Because you are our NABWIC National um, Woman in the Spotlight for our Transit Billion Dollar Luncheon. So I would say, um, and that's always like a hard question to answer, right? Like what's your biggest accomplishment accomplishment in your career thus far? And um, I would say, you know, it's, it's really the journey for me. So mm -hmm. I don't know, like thus far, I guess, you know, the greatest accomplishment is that I have such a deep network of colleagues from all walks, you know, and backgrounds that if I picked up the phone and called them, they would respond. And I think that's the greatest accomplishment because if you don't have a network of people who can help you to help you be successful or to tell you, hey, these are the things you need to look out for or to, you know, pull you aside and say, hey, you know, that was kind of crazy. You shouldn't do that again. Um, then you're not going to get to the level that you may, you know, envision for yourself. So I would say my greatest accomplishment is, you know, having this network of people who respect me, respect, you know, the way I conduct my, my business and myself, and respect my, you know, passion for knowledge and staying on top and abreast of what's going on in the industry and not being afraid to have difficult conversations. Like I said, I believe in discourse. And in some cases, folks are like, oh, okay, if she pushed the buzzer or she raised her hand, um, what's she going to say? But, you know, they know it's coming from a place of us all being able to do more and be better. And I, I would say that is my greatest accomplishment. 
Wow. So loving the journey. Listen, you need to type that up, start writing that out. I'm waiting on the book. Can't wait for it to come out next year or before the year is over with because all of us have a story within us. And it sounds like, Ms. Legrand, that um, your journey needs to be heard and shared more. I'm very interested. Listen, are you ready to get into the hot seat part of this interview? I am ready. (laughs) Well, share with the audience, what is your favorite book or what are you currently reading that keeps that smile and that passion going for you, Ms. Legrand? So this is a great question. I actually bought some books for my team. I just gave them out on Monday of this week, and it's called The Energy Bus, and it's by John Gordon. And it's a book that's focused on how you can use positive energy to fuel your life, your team, um, you know, just anything that you touch, um, how you can really harness and, and use positive energy as a force to gain you or get you rather to the, the finish line, right? So um, it's a great read. If anybody's interested, I'll say the name again, The Energy Bus by John Gordon. And Gordon is spelled, well, his name is John, J-O-N, and then Gordon is G-O-R-D-O-N. And um, it's a Wall Street Journal bestseller, and it's really great. It's an easy read. Um, it's fun, and it takes place on a transit bus. So you can ask for anything more. Wow, how amazing. And it's, the story takes place on a transit bus. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Listen, guys, I told you to get those pens and notepads out, which our loyal listeners already have been scribing down notes from you of the golden nuggets that you have been giving out this morning. Okay, well, thank you so much for sharing your words of wisdom and your tips to our audience this morning, Ms. Lee. Guys, go out, get that book, The Energy Bus by Jorn Garden. Listen, the best way to be a productive, positive leader, I got out, Miss Adelie, is to just be yourself and be direct. Are there any last comments or tips that you would like to leave the audience listeners today? Um, I would just say, first and foremost, this is a great um, experience. I'm very happy that, again, you guys considered me for this role And what I would share with your audience is, especially, you know, black women in this space, it is some, and some days it's a challenge. And I would not want to leave this call with making people think that, you know, it's just rainbows and unicorns. There are going to be days when you're going to feel like everything is falling apart, but you have to focus on finding the solution. Do not get mired down in the bad energy and negativity because it's going to be there and it's going to be prominent and prevalent, but you have to stay focused on being positive and recognizing that you are in control of yourself and your emotions. And if you can control those, you will be successful. Do not let anybody else control you or your emotions because that is not a winning stance. So I would leave everyone with that. Be your authentic self. And this is the thing, if you are who you are, people get to understand or at least know, you know, if they feel like you're the right fit for them. And if they're not, 
or you're not, then you get to go someplace where you are a good fit. And that's what we want. You know, it's back to the puzzle pieces that I started off talking about. I love doing puzzles. If you have a jigsaw puzzle and there's one piece that is missing and it's not the right piece, you're never going to finish the puzzle. So don't try to fit into a spot that's not really designed for you. You have to find the right spot and you will get there, but you have to be positive. You have to own who you are and allow people to see you for who you are so you can find the right place to be. So I will leave you with that. And again, thank you so much for this great opportunity. And I wish you all the very, very best. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And we're so proud and happy that you are our national Association of Black Women in Construction, Woman in Spotlight for our billion-dollar luncheon and transit opportunities. Listen, this has been another absolutely amazing NAPWIC Talks Wednesday. We want to thank you for being a part of our billion-dollar luncheon, our Woman in Spotlight, and we want to thank all of our listeners out there. We hope that we are bringing you and delivering upon the request with great quality special guests on NAPWIC Talks. You can always find us next Wednesday, every Wednesday at 8.30 a.m. for joining NAPWIC Talks. Thank you. God bless. This concludes our show. Thank you for listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction. For more information about NABWIC and our membership, please visit us on the web at www.nabwic.org. We are the voice of black women in construction. Have a great and prosperous day.